Welcome back to Texas Whiskey Crew, the podcast slash video. My name is Steve. I'm Kevin. And guess who we have here with us tonight? This is Mr. Scott Yates from Mythology Distilling in Steamboat, Colorado. And I tell you what, this is a great experience for us to have you sitting here with us. I'm truly looking forward to what you have to say, and I'm sure y'all are as well. But uh, thanks, man. First off, thank you for setting us up. Thank you for all the hospitality so far. This has just been an overwhelmingly great experience. Awesome. Yeah, welcome. Excited you guys are here. Yeah, man. So we're going to kind of jump into the brass taxes here to to start things off. Uh, First thing I want to do is get some whiskey in my glass because I see Kevin's empty. You have a beaker in front of you, so I'm not sure (laughs) if you're going to go that route. But hey, you know, whatever works for you. But I, I think we should all get a taste of something, and we'll jump into kind of what we're going to talk about and where you came from, what this is. That sounds great. Uh, I'm going to start. Let's start with our cast strength best friend bourbon. Okay. So before you pour this real quick, uh, this is actually my gateway bourbon for mythology. Yeah. So uh, I, a buddy of mine here, a local up in Steamboat, brought it to my house. I said, who in the world is mythology? I, I haven't heard of this. Can't be good. You know, usually when I get one that's off my radar, it's not yeah. great. Uh, we cracked it. Oh, my gosh, man. I literally, I would I would line it up there in some of my favorite pours. It, and it was Man's Best Friend, and it was cast, cast Strength. Can't talk. Um, but really a solid pour. I, I enjoyed everything about it from the nose to the start to the finish of it. It was complete, if that makes sense. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, you know, we'll talk a little bit about just how we how we approach whiskey and, and the layers, but that's definitely where we try to set ourselves apart. We There's a lot of great whiskey out there. Um, we drink a lot of it. That's how we got in the business. Yeah. Um, and we appreciate it, but we said, hey, we think there's a really good opportunity for us to create something that's unique and that's layered and that's blended. And we really, really stand on that pedestal of blending. When you did a hell of a um, job, man. I mean, we're, we're enjoying it. Let's, uh, let's give this a shot and then we'll dive... A little further back into this story and kind of figure out how this came to be. Yeah, you bet. But while, before we go, why don't you explain where we are? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't. I, you're right. I, 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 this, this is I, amazing. I and, and we jumped right into. 100%. Jumped right into whiskey. But it's right the important stuff I was concerned about, yeah. right? I mean, I mean this, is, this is important, right? Like, when was the last time? We've never done this before, so. Well, not next to a, not next to a pot still in a column still, so... We have the pleasure of sitting in their actual distillery uh, with their column still and their pot still next to us. And obviously this wonderful spread of blended whiskeys and everything else in front of us. we got some gins there, some clear stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this location for sure. And we are, if I didn't mention, in Steamboat, Colorado. Uh, I, think I, I don't think I skipped over that part. Um, we know there is a rule here in Steamboat that... Texans are not the favorite group. For whatever reason, you can walk down the street and find lots of stickers that say go home and things like that, all these wonderful things. And I know this because uh, I'm originally from Colorado. I was born and raised here. Kevin actually is still from Colorado. Uh, but we know that there is a little bit of um, friction. I guess we'll go with yeah, friction between, friction the, between, between the two. So we are super happy that you welcomed us here. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know you what? Know, we love Texans. Texans good. are nice. They're great, you know, maybe not on the road. They're not the best drivers. Sorry, I don't know if you're the best driver. It only took five minutes into the podcast to mention they're driving. Yeah, it, it's sure. fine. I agree with them. I live there. and I, I'm not, 
a big fan of their driving either. Dude. Yeah. So they come, then you know what? Texans and, and everyone else, they come and they support us here at Steve. Patronize so, the business. We're, yeah, we're, we're good with that. For sure. That's awesome. Well, why don't you, uh, let, let's start from square one. I know a bit of your backstory, kind of how y'all jumped into this, but I'd like to know what brought you into whiskey? What in the world made you want to jump in and start doing this on a production level commercially and, and make your own blends to sell to the public? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, our story starts with, our story starts with just like drinking whiskey with friends, right? Okay. Um, like a lot of people, but it's, you know, for us, um, so me and my two business partners were, uh, we're all originally from Colorado, uh, spent a lot of my time, you know, growing up skiing's my passion, camping, going on raft trips. Um, and you know, as I got older, you know, maybe that morphed into hut trips and just nice. spending a lot of time out, out in the wilderness. It's, it's where I find that I'm a, the most grounded. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you go on a hut trip and then, you know, you sit around and you drink whiskey, go camping, you end up sitting around drinking whiskey. Um, you go on a raft trip and it's really fun, you know, that people come together and each night someone makes a different cocktail. Right. And to me, I mean, I'm a, I'm a beer drinker as well. I don't, um, but cocktails and whiskey, especially it's something like you are going to have a good conversation with someone, right? Absolutely. And we all know it. You crack a bottle of whiskey like tonight, right? And we're going to get to know each other. We're probably going to become friends afterwards. Right. And that's what whiskey represents to me. And so um, I'm on a ski trip. I'm up in Alaska, a couple of buddies, and it's a backcountry ski trip. Snow conditions were really variable. So we had to find a lot of different things to do. Shooting guns or meeting local people is yeah, kind yeah. of interesting, yeah. interesting trip. But like one of the things, uh, we went to a craft distillery up there called Port Chilnook uh, Distillery in Haines, Alaska. Okay. We were just like inspired by how cool this was and what they were doing. Each night we're drinking whiskey and it just kind of, you know, it's like that light bulb moment after a couple of whiskeys and you're just like, yep. <laughs> hey, it'd be really cool if we started a whiskey distillery or just a distillery in general that the brand itself represents our lifestyle. It's bringing people together. And for us, um, again, we're drinking really good whiskeys out there, right? And a lot of whiskey and the brand itself are rooted in tradition and processes and handed down traditions and handed down processes and we kind of wanted to more say, well, our brand is more rooted in just bringing people together. Mm -hmm. um, so fast forward, get back from Alaska. Um, and I couldn't get this bug out of my ear. I was like, I got to I gotta do this. Um, so one thing, we come up with the name of the distillery. Like we're still like figuring out if we're going to do it. So what's mythology? Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to hear the story on that. So mythology, right? So whether it's like Norse mythology, Greek mythology, it's a collection of stories. Right. And those collection of stories form a mythology. And so we, you know, I don't know which one of us came up with it, but someone comes up with it and says, hey, mythology. Uh, and at first it started this like new mythology, like let's create our new mythology. And then we just kind of focus in on mythology. So it's like, hey, you know, let's drink great spirits. This, this represents what we want to be doing. It's, it's coming together with people. Doesn't, you don't have to be out camping doing all that right no. it's traveling it's coming here and going snowmobiling and coming together you know i love it man yeah so that's why we created mythology um the name is really stuck so then fast forward um i do not have a background in uh in distillation craft okay. distilling. um i really started this and, and said hey look i got this really strong passion to start this brand um so it's pretty fortunate i set out to say hey i need to bring on someone to lead our production team that really has a ton of experience 
And I ended up meeting a gentleman named Scott Coburn. And Scott was, at the time, the head of production at High West Distillery. Um, this is circa 2016. Okay. Uh, High West had just you know, gone through a change with Constellation. Mm-hmm. A great opportunity there, but I think he kind of wanted to set out and say, hey, he kind of wanted to help create something of his own as well. Um, so he moved to Denver, and we kind of just felt like, okay, now we got the package. Like, here we go. You know, I got this brand that's kind of cool. Um, I was able to raise money to, to start the company. And then here's a guy that, that has a wealth of experience. Um, and in large part, I think we got into this knowing that we wanted to be whiskey blenders. But having him and coming from High West, really, in my mind, kind of pioneers of whiskey blending and very transparent whiskey blenders. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, this is going to be sweet. Let's, let's go forward. Um, so that's how we got it. Um, one last thing I'll add, and then we'll kind of jump into others, but the, the bottles, right? Because yep. that rooted in Alaska as well. So I was mentioning we were finding things to do. So someone told us, hey, walk up the road about a mile. You'll find this guy, Steve Kershaw. Give him 20 bucks, and he'll let you on his property. He's got all these animals. Okay. He's got like, you know, he's got a, a wolf that we howled at. He's got a moose <laughs> that he like made my buddy kiss, which is kind of interesting. Love it. Um, this guy's like setting off a bear trap in front of a porcupine. I mean, it's kind of wild experience. <laughs> then all of a sudden we go to this area and everything is like just painted signs saying, keep out. He's like, hold up. He comes out and he's got a Wolverine on a dog leash. And this guy of the Haines, Alaska has domesticated Wolverines. He's got like, I don't know how many he has now, but yeah. I didn't know that was a thing until now. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know it was a thing either. <laughs> yeah. We um, might have to get into that later because yeah. Yeah. it's a Wolverine. It's pretty, we it's we talked wild, about right? Wolverine yoga the other day, and that was, I, I don't think it's going to work out. We were going yeah. to go yeah. jump on you and just like tear you apart. And, yeah, right? Yeah. No. Anyway, that's, that's so, quite the... Well, hold on. Next thing you know, Steve... A Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, so Wolverine. Next thing you know, Steve has got this Wolverine on a dog leash, and he starts just like play wrestling. But, you know, we're standing there like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, and you know, it kind of goes on for maybe five minutes, and... um so my buddy Mike, uh, who's a part of this business, he says something like, you know, Steve's my spirit animal. And then when we're coming up with the brand, mm. we're just like, we should put Steve and his Wolverine on the bottle. And um, I guess I should have poured it first, but that's a loose representation of uh, Hellbear. Yep. So very loose representation of <laughs> yeah. Steve. Our artist, uh, which is a great artist in Boulder, convinced me to put a badger because the badger would look better. But that's the inspiration of, uh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, the half animal, half human. And then obviously all our products, it's part of our process is like on the on the production side, part of our process is we got to come up with something unique and interesting. Like that's a huge, huge part of the product in the bottle. But on the label, it's kind of the same. It's like, let's come up with something. We all brainstorm, different animal, different human. Uh, and then I write a story on the back of the bottle um, that like ties the two together. It's just fictional well, the labels Sorry. are they're beautiful, right? Nice. And I, I think you nailed it. I mean, the bottle and the label with as many different brands as we have on the shelves now, I yeah. mean, it's, it's starting to push on what the wine industry is. I mean, yeah, for sure. We, you know, you go down a wine aisle, you've got 150 different ones to choose from. And bourbon's the same way now. Yeah. Whiskey's the same way. So that's an attractive bottle. It's an attractive label. And I love the story behind it. It really, that really kind of... That makes it even better for me, you know. Yeah, right. You know, at least I can talk about it now with some with some education. But yeah, that's uh, it's it separates you from everybody else that's out there. Yeah. Um, 
Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was crazy, a, a right? Wolverine on a yeah on a I leash. Know. Yeah. No, it was kind of funny. And you know the other thing about the packaging. The, um, I'll mention so you know obviously get into this. I'm new to the industry. We go out to different branding agencies to, to design the label. Like, here's my idea, but I need designers to put it together. And I had, I think we met with four groups, and it was like three of them were just like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? You're putting half animal, half human? No, you got to do the craft label. You got to do this oh. and that. You got to do this and that, which looks beautiful. But finally, we met this firm in Boulder, and they were just like, right on. And they've been with us since the beginning, and we consider them called Moxie Sozo, and we consider them really a partner in our business okay. um, because the packaging does matter, right? Oh, hundred like, percent. Yeah. Customers, everyone out there, I'm looking at, at the, at the shelves. I'm like, what do I want to buy? You know? And we just want to make sure, Hey, that first buy, grab it with the packaging, but then, you know, you get those reoccurring and loyal customers based on what's inside the bottle. Well, I know I'm not alone and you two can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I have a pretty expansive collection of bottles at my house. Um, in, in our studio, we do a, we, we drink a fair amount, but I have bottles that I keep mostly in shot that are on my shelves. And it's important to have bottles that I like to look at. Yeah. They need to, they need to have some kind of character. They can't be boring. They've got to stand out. Even if I like the juice that's in the bottle, if I don't like the label, it doesn't make it up there. Yeah. I got two mythology bottles on my All shelf. Right, so I, I love the label. I, I, I think it's a creative transition into kind of bringing a little bit of art into this industry as well. And we know others have tried it. We've got lots of different shaped bottles and different things, but I like this. I like the simplicity of it. I like the fact that you're bringing, you know, two different things together. So I know every time I go to buy a bottle, I'm looking for what's on there, you know, yeah. which one is this? And it's easy to define. I don't even have to read it. I, this is the one I want. Right. So yeah. uh, brand recognition is, is on point, man. You've, Thank you. You've got that down. I to, to expand on that. Like for me, like, the label is my favorite part. I mean, the, the whisk is good. I mean, it's really good. And what I love about it is, like, the label explains the passion to me. Yep. And when I am walking down a bourbon aisle and that label, and I brought you a bottle the you other did, day. You did. It was the first time I've seen it. And I was like, I got to grab this because the label explains the passion for the people making the product. And, and very much so, the product expresses the 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 quality expresses through the label through the product itself and i, I mean i love the product honestly but. thank you appreciate that so yeah keep that going you're on the right track there right. so this morphed into a tasting well a, a tasting room in denver yep um and then it transitioned into a little more so you entered some spirit competitions i know you all have some some double golds out there. You got a couple best in class. Yeah. Uh, you've got a slew of awards pretty early on. So to jump into this business that young and start making a name for yourself, yeah. that's a hard thing to do. I mean, so you mentioned blending. So yeah. were you blending anything prior to whiskey or was this just, I'm going to jump into this and I'm really good at it to start. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, it was really jumping into it. Okay. But it was really relying on our production team, right? It was, you know, for Scott. And, you know, since that time, we've expanded. Uh, Chris Rittenauer came from Blom Brothers, helped start that with uh, with those guys. And Tabby Manick, um, just Stranahan's, and with Nelson Greenbrier. And yep. so we've continued to focus on just bringing in really good, talented people. 
Um, if I'm a little bit of the creative mind, yep. you know, they're really the ones that can implement it. And I, I really credit them a lot. Like we are a team, we're a team here. Um, and they've just done a fantastic job with saying. Well, I think that, I think blending can do that. Like, yeah. uh, you can, you can put a group of people that have never done it before with the same, you know, five or six different expressions, different varieties out there and say, put these together and make it work. You're going to get five different things, but eventually you start to land on different tasting notes, things that work. And yeah. I think I think it really works to have a team of people and different opinions and finally land on a final product. And then, you know, it's it's an art. It truly is. Yeah. I, I don't I'm not saying it's a simple thing to do. I've done it myself. It was not easy. It's very chemistry scientific. You're working with graduated cylinders and milliliters, and it's very, very calculated on the final product. So you're nailing it. I love the transparency. You mentioned that. Yeah. That is something that annoys me beyond belief. If I grab a bottle, and I know that it's sourced, or I know it's blended, and I flip it around and I look at it, and I've got nothing about what's here it's a blend between kentucky and tennessee great well i know maybe what that was but i don't have you know a, a better idea of where this stuff's coming from and what it is yeah and i like that you're you're fairly transparent on everything that is in this bottle it's great it's an education piece i think people should be looking for it i mean that's yeah i mean we we view it as like sometimes we tell people we, we view ourselves as you know we view ourselves as blenders right we we're distillers when it comes to gin vodka rum other specialty spirits, but when it comes to whiskey, we're blenders, but we view it sometimes like we're chefs, right? Yep. You're putting different ingredients together mm -hmm. and we want to tell people about those ingredients. Mm -hmm. We want to say, hey, <laughs> look, we all know it. MGP, we think they are wizards. 100%. Um, of what oh, they, yeah. Of what <laughs> they can MGP. do with rye and how many distilleries out there <laughs> have tried to replicate and spent years and years trying to replicate MGP where we're saying, look, it's just a phenomenal ingredient. Let's add it as a component, but then there's other interesting components that we can blend in. And then we we put it on the bottle, we put it on our website, we post it out socially, because we want to tell people, this is where the whiskeys yeah. are coming from, and we view it, and this is not a dig on the individual components, but we view it as the, the final product, kind of the sum of all of them, yeah. is better than each individual component uh, for what we're trying to do, right? That right. Each one is fantastic but if you can put them together and make something better because they each contribute something it's you like got an interesting product like salt right salt yeah, alone is sure. salt yeah you mix it with a bunch of other things it makes everything amazing exactly. so I, lo I love the chef analogy i hadn't i hadn't of all the the podcasts and people i've met with in that that hasn't come up and that's true that's what this is i mean this is it's it's mixing things together making something great by adding different ingredients from different things and I hope you all just continue going down that road because that's, I, I truly enjoy it. I think it creates a, a separation because you bring up MGP where we know that every year, every expression of MGP is good. I mean, yeah. no matter what you're getting, if you're getting a 95, five rye, I mean, if you're, if you're going for just, uh, you know, something that's heavy corn based or a wheat or something like that, it's consistent across the board, but mixing slight amounts of each of those together changes it. Yeah, I mean, you, you can take something that's consistent and make it different and make it better. And I, it, I love what you're doing. It's drastic. I mean, I'll, maybe I'll explain the best friend bourbon. Like Absolutely. This Would love yeah. to. So, so this blend, right? So we start, it's um, the base of this that we'll call it, right? Is MGP's five-year age, 36% uh, bourbon, right? 
So 36% rye, 60% uh, corn, 4% barley. Mm-hmm. So you take that, right? That's a phenomenal whiskey. As we all know, you go liquor stores and it's, it's a contender out there with a lot of brands. So it has those caramel notes. It has those vanilla notes. It's, it's excellent. Well, okay, what do we want to blend that in? Well, younger whiskey has really good flavor too, mm-hmm. but gets passed up because of the heat to it, right? Yep. So we blend in a three-year bourbon into this. And that three-year bourbon, because you have the tannic structure of the older whiskeys in this, the heat kind of goes away. You get that oakiness from the five-year, and now you're just capturing honey and cornbread, right? So we're staying there. We're playing around with this whiskey. We were talking about Smoke Wagon earlier, right? Yep. And I had just uh, picked up a bottle of Smoke Wagon, and my distiller and I are like, we really need something more to this whiskey, right? And uh, he opens up the Smoke Wagon, and we just, like, put a little bit into our blend and we're like, ah, there it is. And, it was, <laughs> and what it is, is there's not a lot, but there's a 15 year Kentucky bourbon in this, right? Yep. And the 15 year Kentucky bourbon um, just adds like that rich feeling. It, it adds tobacco mm-hmm. note. I feel it in my chest, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. that younger whiskey's lap. And so that mature oak, chocolate, tobacco. Um, and so for me, I think it's, this whiskey, that's the layering of it. That it's like you start with a great base and then you got the cornbread and honey notes, but then you finish with that nice like tobacco note on it. Yeah. Um, we're drinking the cast strength. Uh, this is batch, uh, this is batch four of it. Um, and this is 119.2 proof. Um, so the cast strength versions of, of these are pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Um, to me, I pick up more of the 15 year in the cast strength versions. Um, which the 15 year is coming from the bean facility and I get that like peanut dust yep. note. But if you, in my opinion, if, if you drink our 88 proof, which is just an everyday killer drinker, I just get the tobacco note. I don't get any of that. Like, peanut kind of. Note I would agree it. with that. I've had both. Yeah. You bring the honey as a dominant note in there that it really is. I mean, I really enjoy that pour. For, for cask strength, it doesn't, um, for me, I don't get a ton of burn. Yeah. It's, it's nice and smooth. Like I said, it checks all the boxes. Sweet. That's, uh, that, so if we step off uh, the man's best friend, what is the, I, I'd like to talk about all the expressions that you have for the general public to yeah, you know, go out there, sure. search on and buy, the ones that don't have to drive all the way to Steamboat for that. Because yep. are y'all shipping and distributing other places yet? Yeah. So okay. Colorado, right, is our okay. core. Yep. Um, and we're distributed in 10 states. Okay. Um, from coast to coast. But to be honest with you, um, we're pretty focused on regional and local here. Okay. Um, we do uh, sell online, and we're trying to expand mm-hmm. okay. that more and more. Uh, so I think we ship to 44 states. Nice. Uh, which is pretty good. And we do do some, you know, distillery-only releases. Okay. Um, but what I have here is... Um, other than the, the Lorax, which I'll tell you about. <laughs> um, everything else, I think, will be kind of available uh, okay. online. Um, so, yeah, if you want to talk about others, you know, so bourbon, it's going to be our, our number one seller. Um, and, frankly, the number one seller of the bourbon is the 88 proof. Okay. What we have catered to, uh, and maybe this is me, you know, we've catered to your everyday drinker. Um, so we do the cast drinks, and that's what we're drinking, right, because we all love that full sure. flavor. Um but I look at it and I say, look, people that are just picking up a bottle, making old fashions, 
drinking it neat, drinking it on ice, but drinking a couple nights a week, like they kind of want that, like oh, yeah. 90 proof plus or minus. And that's honestly what we set up the business to be like, look, you're, you're hanging out with your friends and you know, you're drinking and we kind of want that every day. This is just a fantastic bourbon that you can drink. So that's so, why it's. So you're saying that it's a problem that my everyday is 130 <laughs> proof? For sure. For sure. No, no, no. Not at I, all. I've been worried about that myself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I, I get it. I get it mm-hmm. because we have people come around our groups and our events on a regular basis. And my first thing I want to do is share with them what I love. And yeah. typically that's pretty hot. And yeah. the, the reaction I get is not always favorable. It's like, oh. Well, I don't think it's hot. It's it's good, you know. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, I think that is that is a market out there. I think you need to cater to that. That eighty ninety proof is yeah. That that's the sweet spot, right? So. Well, and especially right now in the market, right? The, yep. The last four years, like how many how many brands came out and just are cast strength, oh, right? Yeah, and so many. Now we all, I would assume, three of us all have shelves just mm-hmm. full of it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's kind of nice to just have that. Okay, hey, here's my just everyday drinker. Yep. Um, so I'd say, so bourbon is key. The next, the American whiskey is the first whiskey we came out with. Um, and this is our hell bear, right? After Steve and the Wolverine. Um, yeah, I can pour this yeah, for us. We'll use all the glasses at once here. That's <laughs> okay. what we do. We never make it through. We literally set up every time with glasses for each thing that we're supposed to do and it never works. Right. 100%. So the American, I can go more than that. No, you're okay. good. American whiskey. Uh, so as I mentioned, this is the first whiskey we came out with. Um, I think I'll say this in a positive way. I, I think this is a nod to uh, High West's Burai. Okay. And when I say that, I mean I love Burai. Um, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I love that combination like too, yeah. of rye and bourbon. Um, and so it's this is different, right? This is, you know. Not be right, but what we did right is we blended in MGP's ninety-five-five rye. Okay. Right, we talked about that earlier. Killer rye, absolutely fantastic. Um, and then we blend that in with two bourbons. Um, and our goal of it is that you want those floral notes on the nose of a rye, right? You want that character. I think it's that like big red cinnamon Ooh, gum on the palate. Yeah. And then on the finish, we want that bourbon to shine. Yeah. So you get those or oaky. Vanilla, caramel notes. Um, so one of the bourbons is really giving that. The other bourbon, and this kind of speaks to blending, the other bourbon is just giving tannic structure. Um, okay. On its own, it's a fine bourbon, right? Yeah. But it's 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 pretty oaky. Um, and so we just kind of feel like it's just adding some nice, like, tannic structure to it. And, and it, like, rounds it all together. I mean, if you can make it better, make it better, right? Exactly, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I love as, that. I'm, that's, that's as I'm drinking this and listening to you, I'm I'm loving the science behind it too. Like I'm the geek of the group, and yeah, like, that's true, hundred percent. I'm one hundred percent the geek of the group, and I'm also a food critic, like or food snob. I work in the industry. I've worked in the yeah. He's in the spice year. industry. Yeah, and yeah. Everything about like what you're saying is is incredible about understanding what you're looking for and what you're delivering. And just the different flavor notes and the different. I mean, is it um, weird that I get candy corn out of that? That literally is where I'm going with As that. you mentioned, Big Red, like, like I got, I got the Big got Red that for sure. Immediately, yeah. But I wouldn't have picked that out to begin with. Mm-hmm. Although that is a very familiar flavor to me. And the yep. fact that you went there with that was, I mean, 
it's incredible. Like I love, I love blended whiskey. I love the way that people approach this and all the way you're approaching this. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is definitely like our team, our production team. This is our favorite whiskey that we make. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's, we just think it's interesting and it just has a lot of, a lot of character. To it, it is. Yeah. It, it stands on its own. It, it's yeah. different. Uh, and it's different in a good way. Uh, I enjoy it. I had, that was my first time trying that one. I think I'll go after that one too. Yeah. Now, now I've got my like this, this is it, man. This is a problem. You Mike. may already okay. have this one on your shelf. Uh, I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. That, and you, that's too the many. One I, that's, this is the one. This is the one you brought? This is the one. Oh, wow. All right. So, yes, yeah. it is on my shelf. Right. And actually, to be honest with you, the label attracted me initially. And as I read it, I was like, this is this. This is what I want to show on your shop. See, you shop the right way. I look, <laughs> what is the proof? Oh, yeah. Well, don't get, that one. don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I look that way, too. Yeah. But, like, I'm also looking for things. You had originally mentioned the, the eight, you know, the, the 88, 90, 94 proof. I mean, I have plenty of people in my life that cannot hang with what's on my shelf. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I love giving them something that's interesting, but well within their palate or comprehension Agreed. for what... We have a few picks that we uh, we've had before where they can't they can't even taste it because it's too high. Oh, we're we're talking like ultra hazmat <laughs> stuff. I mean, once once you get up into like that one fifty two fifty three, you talk MGP. I mean, we've we've got a twenty six year MGP sitting there that is that thing is sitting at one hundred and fifty four proof. Yeah. And it, yeah, I think it's gold. I mean, it, it's wonderful. It's butterscotch candy, right? And but anybody else, I give it to. You, no, you'd think I sprayed rain in their mouth. Yeah, you know, sure. just, it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think as people progress through their, their bourbon journey, wherever they may be, whether they're brand new and they're still working their way off liqueurs and things like that, or they're seasoned vets, there's a place for each of those proof levels. And I think there's an appreciation level that goes along with it too, because I'll talk to you all day about high proof stuff and how good it is and the flavor profiles I'm pulling because I don't get burned yep. from things. I see the different levels of things and I love that. And that's, I think it's money to have both the expressions of it because I do see distilleries out there that they do a low proof and that's it. I mean, or they're, or they're consistent. Everything's going to be 80 or 90. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like it's that. nice. It's, you know, it's, it's like, Hey, look, we, we come out with this just to be like, you know, let, let us let us make sure that that whiskey clubs, and whiskey clubs that I'm a part of, right? Yeah. That they want to drink it, and they drink it, and they're like, "Holy cow, this is great!" <laughs> okay, I get it. Why my friends have been drinking this, and this is really good. Yeah. Um, so if you okay, so I want to go next. Uh-huh. Shoot. Not the water, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, not the water. I know. I meant to bring out. You know what? I'll go with this next. So. I'll go to this next because I, I think it is something that I can kind of talk to you guys about finishing, right? Mm. Finishing's big right now. Yeah. And it's, I think it's big because it's another way to be interesting. And yep. it's another way to differentiate, um, but Thank create you. something really nice. So I think we differ a little bit. Like one, one way that we stand out when it comes to finishing is, um, how to say it, like, we're very thoughtful on how we're doing our finishes. And what I mean by that is we typically work directly with the winemaker or with the cooperage that we're getting that okay. barrel from. 
So if you don't mind disclosing, I mean, do you, yeah. do you, do you, who do you all work with for Cooperage? Do you work with Kelvin or who do you go through? So a lot of our stuff, right, is coming in barrels, right? And so a lot of the stuff is going to be space side. So you're okay. Yeah. Right. But then if I like uh, when it comes to finishing, right? Yep. Like I formed a relationship with a, um, a Cooperage in Portugal. Oh, nice. Uh, called Tanneria. Yeah. I'll, I'll mess up the name. Um, but I like worked directly with them, got to understand what they were making and then worked with them on Madeira barrels that they sent. Yeah. To, right. And so it's like, that's kind of what I'm talking about where it's like, we don't want to just go through and just be like, Oh cool. You have a Madeira barrel. Let me get it. It's like, we want to know the origin of it. We want to understand the wine that went in it. Good one. Yeah. And we want to just be like, okay, then how do we get them fresh? Um, this one's interesting. We have a really good relationship with a vineyard in Oregon called Dominio Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, small uh, vineyard in the Willamette. Um, and they make really interesting wines. So started with Syrah um, in 2018. Um, we formed this relationship and I sourced Syrah wine barrels. Uh, and we ended up putting our Hellbear American whiskey in it. Yep. And the cool thing about it is they dump a Syrah on like a Monday. We get those barrels on a Wednesday. So you get a wet barrel. Wet barrel. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we let it sit for over a year. We really want that to integrate. We come out with it every fall. So um, that one, like we just tasted the Hellbear, and that's not this, but that one, it's like those big spice notes complement these like big fruit blackberry notes of the Syrah. And it's become a huge favorite of our uh, of our followers and our customer base. This one, haven't come out with it yet. Um, so this one's a rye uh, that's been aged for 10 years that then we put in a Tempranillo wine barrel. Um, wow. Same vineyard. So you don't get Tempranillo in Oregon, but these guys make it. So same thing. They dump these Tempranillo wine barrels on a Monday. We get them on a Wednesday. I mean, hypothetically, oh. right? And the nose is us standing on yeah. it. Yeah. And, and for us, this was actually a huge debate. Um, and this is like the team atmosphere, right? My production team was initially like, it's a 10-year rye. Like, we're not finishing it. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, there's other 10-year rye on the market. And our 10-year rye is great. But like, why wouldn't we try to make it more interesting? Um, and so this has only been finishing for about four months. Okay. Uh, but I wanted to pull this. So I pulled it right before this from the barrel. Oh, it hits. Um, yeah, it definitely yeah. hits. But it's like. <laughs> no, it's. That's really good. Yeah. I tried it last week, so I wanted to share it with you guys. I mean, this this one's going to be fantastic. But I mean, I would say we have another probably eight to nine months of it sitting in that barrel because mm. um, we really want that Tempranillo, which yeah. I get like fig notes. Yep. Yeah. But then complement the like chocolate, like almost like a dark chocolate, like cocoa of the rye. And I just love that combination. That's a perfect description, honestly. Yeah. I definitely got a lot of chocolate out of this, a lot of. I will be on that bottle when that comes out. Yeah, that, that, for sure. This one that is great. Yeah, this one's awesome. I've had Tempranillo finishes uh, from a few other distilleries out there, and I'm kind of a hit or miss with them, honestly. Yeah, I you know I like port. Uh, if we're you know we're gonna go like port finishes, I enjoy some of those. I like Ambarana. Um, yeah, for sure. I, you know I I like some of the different things when it comes to finishing, but Tempranillo is. Tempranillo on its own stands good. I like it. Yeah. I drink it. But this really, it works well. I mean, it's very balanced. 
I appreciate that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think you're gonna. We're you're, stoked for it. It's like you're gonna have a hitter on the show I mean, for that one. Yeah, for sure. months. This is gonna. Yeah, be it's. Oh, so sure. I mean, it's already there. It would make me happy as it be, is. So I mean, yeah. yeah, I love this right now. I'm yeah. really excited about an uh, uh, eighth month, eight month in. Yeah, you know, age yep. to this. This is gonna be great. Uh, yep. I'm glad you like it because. You're the first people other than me and Tabby well, who've had it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you, man. Uh, last week, we were like, we should try this. Um, <sighs> so we were trying it, and Tabby's great. She's one of our distillers. And, like, next thing I know, you know, it's, like, Wednesday at 3. And, like, she still has it on her desk and is, like, kind of drinking <laughs> it. I'm like, that's when I kind of know. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's not just me. This is this is going to be really good. This oh, is, this is my jam. This is exactly <laughs> – I love – I love the complexity of it. I love all the different flavors. I love like I, I like everything about it as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, yeah. nice. That that one's gonna uh, be well. Like yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. So, so the rye. So I'll talk about that a little bit because uh, I want to pour you this rye. So, okay. okay, we've talked about whiskey blending, right? So we we buy this lot, right, of MGP 95.5 rye that was, I, I think it was six years old okay. when we bought it, right? And I bought it with the intention that this is going to be an ingredient or this is going to be a component in future blends. We buy it, um, and then we try it. We're like, it's really good. We're busy with other projects. All of a sudden, it's like seven and a half years in the barrel. We try it, and we're like, God, this rye is so damn good. We're still busy. We, we're getting prepared to build our campus up in Steamboat, relocate the whole company. Like, I don't know, you know, let's just see. And so then like we taste it nine years oh. and we're like, God, this is so good. And so this is again, a debate, especially as whiskey blenders. Um, and kind of what we came to is like some whiskeys are just too good on their own to be blended. I agree. And so that was an interesting like progression for us. Cause we're like so set on whiskey blending and creating these interesting products. So what we did do is um, we created eight separate batches of the 10 year rye. Okay. Right. And so if we have a hundred barrels, you know, we look at it and we say, Hey, look, these ones are pulling big chocolate notes. And some of them had mint and we're like, let's blend these together. And that's like batch one. And then let's, let's blend these like caramel ones with these that have like a nice, like fruit note to it. Mm. And so, do you guys, right, other whiskey enthusiasts, that people that really have a good sensory, they're going to be like, oh, batch to batch is different. Oh, yeah. To your everyday, not everyday, but like to someone that just wants a solid whiskey, they're going to be like, the 10-year rye from Mythology is awesome. But like we still blend them, but it's like, hey, look, it's too good. I just don't want to. I don't want to fuck with it. Like I'm with you. you I, know? I appreciate, I appreciate yeah. you saying that because... I'm a, I'm a single barrel fan. I'm also a blend fan. I can't, mm -hmm. can't deny that, but single barrel whiskey. And I try to explain this to, to someone that's new in the, in the, in the bourbon world, in the whiskey world there. Why do you want a single barrel? Barrel to barrel, everything changes. Yeah. You can have a lot of 10 barrels, <clears throat> depending on where it sat in the rig, depending on what it did and how, you know, how it was rotated. It's going to be different than the other. I mean, it is a, as you know, a massive undertaking for some of the big distillers out there in Kentucky and that to keep consistency. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you're doing a lot of things to try to, you know, mix multiple barrels together to keep the same taste. So, for sure. You know, when, when Joe goes out to buy his bottle, it tastes the exact same every time. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do. But I love whiskey because it is different every single time, barrel to barrel. 
it's a crazy thing yeah. because I mean, we're all working off the same char level. We're using the same yeah. oak. We're doing the same things, but yeah, they're sitting next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you're like, ah, that's a winner. That makes it better. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, for sure. It's such an exciting thing. So no, I like that you've, you've recognized that piece yeah. of it. That's, that's cool. Well, that's a good lead in. Cause then I think this is the last whiskey before maybe we go to gin. Um, is a single barrel of our 10-year rye, right? So I would mentioned to you earlier, we're not huge single barrel, right? Like we're whiskey yep. blenders. Yep. We want to manipulate the whiskey. We want to create something interesting. Mm -hmm. But if we come across a, a barrel that we're like, hot damn, like mm, that this is, is on its own. So this one's one of our favorite ones. Uh, so how the, the label come to be? I noticed that there, yeah. there was a, a cowgirl and a cow in there. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a cowgirl and a uh, and a bull and a bull, right? Not a cow. Uh, this is one of my favorite stories on the back as well on this one. So this one, we were moving to Steamboat. Rodeo is big here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, right. I mean, probably not as big as Texas. I don't know. I might be insulting people. I don't know. In no, I, I don't think you're insulting people I, because I think it's pretty big here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty big, right? We have yeah, rodeo every every Friday, Saturday. Ro rodeo's big. Most of most of my friends that rodeoed, you know, throughout high school and into college and that, they all know Steamboat. I mean, yeah. That's well. I think anybody who's grown up where we've grown up. Yeah. You know. I mean, rodeo's big here. Y'all say it's big in Texas, but I, I think our thing we. We leave our Christmas lights up in Denver until after stock show. I mean, yeah. <laughs> everything is gauged yep. around that. For so, sure. Yeah. So, no, Steamboat is, at least for me, was always known as Although, an Old West type, you know, that yep. carries mantra. being in Texas now. Yeah. Do you keep your lights up? Oh, no, absolutely show? not. <laughs> I'm taking them down as soon as possible. I'm like, Christmas over. <laughs> I <down>. literally <laughs> keep, like, no reason for me to put up Christmas lights. But now I do because of the stock show. They'll stay up. Like, I have kids at home. I don't have the, you know, like, my, my wife doesn't care anymore. It's like, man, it's my children, like, oh, I got to do the stock show. because My kids would keep them up year round. I promise you, <laughs> if, if they had a choice, we would have a Christmas tree and lights all year. Yeah. But that idea. You got a little Clark Griswold on you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, we can't have this. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I, Steamboat is synonymous for. Mm -hmm. that old that that western i mean look at fm light right i mean you, for sure you, yeah, you, yeah everybody knows if you grew up around here you're gonna have that dang yellow sign starting from kremlin and it's gonna be all the time for I sure mean, and that's yeah that's what that's how we knew we were getting close i lived in walden uh for a little while so i'm not okay. far away and yeah the, the, the one thing i did know about a steamboat is fm light right you know that's uh we we talk about that western kind of feel i guess it's what what it's about so rodeo's rodeo's big stock show's big so nice job on the so that's on the like you know yeah moving to steamboat we're like okay rodeo we also um we do have females on other bottles we have females on our yeah. vodka um but we didn't have a female on any of our whiskeys okay and so we were like you know what uh there's a number of things it was like let's let's pay homage let's put a female on this bottle but then also it was like let's put a badass female yeah. Uh, let's put a bull riding female. Uh, and so the story on this one is cool. It's like, it's basically, you know, it's a rarity, right? To, oh, yeah. to have a female bull rider. I've never um, met one. Yeah. You know? That's um, but then it, that we kind of want to speak to the whiskey that like this whiskey on its own is kind of a rarity. Uh, so that's how we came up with this. And then they really talk about like this is called Thunderhoof. So we always brainstorm ideas. The name of the product is a representation of the animal. Okay. Right. So a bull is like a thunder hoof. Um, yeah. Right. Bourbon, best friend, it's a dog. Um, so that's kind of what it is. But I like, yeah, yeah, let's crack this one. Um, 
It's a cool label. Again, thanks. You, you've got the best labels. I love them. <laughs> uh, so this is barrel 193. Um, this is coming in 128. And we're a single barrel on this one. Yeah, this is okay. single barrel 128.6. I will say this is only available Colorado and um, Colorado and our, and our uh, tasting room. Now, this is different. So a lot of single barrels, right? Yeah. We sell directly to an account. They have it. This one, we specifically thought this one was so good. Our distributor uh, is distributing this one out so that we're hoping that oh. a lot of accounts just get like one case. It's kind of spread the wealth on this one. Oh, I love the nose on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one's pretty. Zero chance I would have blended that. That's the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. That that stands on its own. I mean, yeah, it's insane. You, it's you can't. Awesome. I mean, it would do it. It would be an injustice to to change that. To me, I mean, I know a lot of people say this, but like, this is not drink to one twenty eight proof. No. Like, cool. there's so much flavor, almost I get, no I get heat. The heat at the end. The complexity right? like, to it though is like all the. Oh. What's great about this is all the tastes at the beginning, and then. As it hits the back of your mouth, that's where you find the heat. That actually speaks to me more than probably anything anyway, because I'm all about the taste and the complexity rather than the heat. And the, You are very complex. That's really true. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, again, the science behind blending this stuff the way that you do, it's, it's great. I love, and I love proof, but it's... Uh, I, I, Definitely appreciate the fact that I'm getting it at the end, and I really know I'm drinking high proof, but I'm still getting the taste. So many times I drink really high proof stuff where that's all I get is the heat. Yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm sorry for y'all out there that can't get your hands on this bottle. <laughs> now, Merritt, we've had some really seriously some hitters of bottles here. I'm not saying that one is better than any of the others. It's just different. And that's the beauty of whiskey in itself. Every single one is different. It creates an experience. Yeah. It brings people together. It is something different. So I'm not saying it's better than the rest, but it is a 100% noteworthy. I mean, it's very yeah. good. No, you walk away from this one, you're like, I remember it. Yep. That's yeah. for sure. Yep. I, I'm with you. I would have had a hard time wanting that. I mean, you, yeah. Anything no, no, no. you drink straight out the gate is oh you know, wow. And so we you know, we'll do that. We we will release single barrels, but it's it's gotta be that level. Um which I think is is served us well. You know, my my sales team isn't always a fan of it, right? They're like, do well, we, yeah. how do we not how do we not have hundred single barrels? But you know, I'm like, well, because we don't. Like we have these ten. Well, it's a hard thing to do because I mean it is truly if you work in that single barrel arena. Obviously, every year, as we sit here, stuff is aging somewhere yep. and changing and developing flavor profiles. But finding consistency in something that is actually good, I feel that it's more of a rarity to grab a barrel that just is in your face. Just bam, this is this is it. So I get it. I, I think it's good to do a very limited release on that. Plus, you know, scarcity on things. Nah. Yeah. All day long. You can I tell know. me. This limited release, I'm like, I'm there. How long am I going to wait in line? You okay. know, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, that's... They, uh, use, an ac they use the acronym 
Yep. Yep. LR. You're like, yep. oh, I gotta go get that. <laughs> 100%. That's that's always where I live. I'm. I like having things that are special, but then they they sit and I try to. I like to share whiskey. I mean, for me, bourbon whiskey one of one of two things I feel that brings people together. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you can break bread with your neighbors that will bring them together. Food, um, whiskey, in my opinion, is one of the few things that no matter where you stand in any belief structure, I can sit down with you and I can have a drink. We can have an educated conversation. We will actually enjoy it. it it's what makes it special uh, for me. So that kind of is where my passion lies in this. And I, I obviously I see that you have the same passion. You've, you've done yeah. a good job. Thank you. Thus far. I really appreciate so it. we're going to transition into some clear spirits. Well, here. Hold on, hold on. Oh, wait. Hold we're on. not done. I'm curious about this. No, I bet you can't finish it. No, so that, I'm, yeah. I'm really so curious gin. about this. Right? Yeah, for sure. This right here has been sitting on the table since we got here, and yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm curious yeah. about that. That's for you to drink. Okay. That's right. I'm not finishing that. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's pretty interesting. So um, we'll get into gin, and I'll, I'll kind of jump in right with this one. So um, we're a big gin producer. We um, When it comes... To me, uh, right, whiskey. I like drinking whiskey. Yep. I, I tend to drink whiskey neat um, on the rocks. and I, But, like, gin is where I go cocktails. Okay. And so I think because of that, like, mindset, um, we sat there and said, okay, we want to make gin. Let's make interesting gin. Let's make really good gin um, that can be made in cocktails. And, and so we have our whiskey kind of platform, and then we have our gin platform. So what defines good gin in your mind? So... Yeah. I'll tell you where I land. Yeah, if we're yeah. going to go commercial and stuff, I'm a Bombay Sapphire guy. I like okay. dry gin. You like dry gin. Now, I've also experienced several, like like Hendrix. Yeah. Um, I get straight cucumbers for days on that stuff. Yeah, but for I, sure. Then I've had some crazy botanical stuff. Yeah. Um, so being a gin connoisseur, yeah. you got to be on a whole other level. I mean, that's there are so many big... I think, gin, I think gin is so interesting. Um Sometimes I compare it to uh, breweries, okay? okay. So, uh, right, Coors, right? They make one of the best lagers in the world, right? Right. We all know that. Um, and But, like, craft breweries came out, and they started creating these sours, and they created these IPAs, right? They're, they're creating something really interesting. And gin is kind of where distilleries have that same line, right? Because when it comes to whiskey, like... Whiskey, you know, Buffalo Trace is a phenomenal whiskey. Yeah. Right? Like uh, any of these whiskeys that, that we drink just that are bigger brands are right. unbelievable. So we're not like really doing something that different from them. You know, we're whiskey blended, so we're trying to be a little different. Yep. But gin is something that we're like, there's all these dry gins. <clears throat> a lot of people won't drink them. So let's be something interesting. And so there's 2,000 botanicals out there. <laughs> and so we get selected. And so to me, gin is our ability to be really creative. So what is your turnaround? So we have a couple different stills behind us here in the yeah. shot. Um, what is the, so on distillation period, we know you can get a, a, a neutral grain spirit. You can get a clear spirit pretty quickly out of a still. So for gin, what is your turnaround time on production? Yeah. Uh, so gin you know, we'll go through, you can't see it probably right here, but we have a mash cooker, fermenters, and then we have a still behind us, right? We start, uh, we mash, we ferment, we distill, we make a spirit, right? Okay. We make a spirit that's 160 proof. 
Um, then we take that 160 proof spirit, put it in our pot still. We go through a process called maceration. Mm -hmm. uh, we put our heavy botanicals in there. So juniper, coriander seed, orris root. We let it sit for about 12 hours. Um, alcohol is a great solvent, right? Oh, so yeah. it pulls all those oils out. Then we redistill it. And uh, you can see, so there's a gin basket right above me. Put our lighter botanicals in there, right? So grapefruit peel, star anise, lemon verbena, it, it depends on mm -hmm. the gin. Um, and we run the distillation through that and we cut it off because those lighter aromatics, you know, like I'll put five grams of uh, grapefruit peel in the gin basket mm -hmm. compared to 50 pounds of juniper <laughs> berries. And you drink our gin and you're like, oh, look at all that citrus. Yeah. Right. And I don't even run the distillate through the gin basket the whole time. So that's why we do that. Five pounds. Which is crazy. Yeah. Five grams. Oh, five grams. Compared to like Great. 50 that's, pounds. Yeah. I held it's a crazy. less than five pounds. Um, and so for us, uh, you're asking about turnaround time. It's a lot different. Um, we can, you know, we produce each week. Okay. Uh, we're distilling gin. We do slow proof it. Okay. Uh, so the concept of slow proofing and like anything in the spirits industry, there's debate about it, which yep. is kind of fun. Um, slow proofing means, you know, if we distilled 155 proof, and our final product is 90 proof. Uh, we take about a, about two months to proof it down oh, to wow. 90 proof. Um, if you just, you know, vision it, like just flashing it with water, we think that that just dissipates all those oils and you're not gonna capture all the flavor. So we'll go from, you know, 155 down to 130, we let it rest. Okay. Then we go 130, then we go down to 115, we let it rest. We just keep going down. And that, to us, allows us to really capture full flavor of it. So the, the proofing takes a little bit longer, but we're not talking like whiskey. But you're retaining yeah. flavor. Yeah, we're there. retaining flavor. Yeah. We're not talking whiskey where we're aging, you know, for no. you know, three to 15 years. Um, right. But well, you all try this yeah. one? So, oh, yeah. Okay, so this one, because we're on the barrel age. So this, this, is, super this, this is gin. Yeah. Are we not calling this gin ski? Yeah. Because <laughs> gin is not possibly brown by any. I know, no. So we're calling this, we're actually, I think we're gonna call it the Lorax. Um, it has like an orange side it to does. it. But uh, the reason is uh, we took our gin and we barrel aged it in an orange wine barrel. Um, orange wine is not made out of oranges. Uh, orange wine is in the wine world has become a pretty big hit. Mm -hmm. um, orange wine is made by keeping the skins of the grapes on. Um, mm. And I'll let, you guys try it, but I... I'm, I'm uh, excited to try this because I haven't this seen one. Uh, Mini, uh, I no, I can't help you. Yeah, no, there is one clean. Here you yeah, go. There you go. Cool. Thank you. There you go. Um, so, yeah, so, a little water muggle in here and since we're going gin. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is our needle pig gin. Sat in orange wine barrel for... Two and a half years. Oh it's definitely got an orange note to it too. Crazy. Yeah, for sure. I was not expecting that. Um, you know, so barrel aging gin, pretty interesting, right? It, it adds some spice characteristic, but barrel aging gin tends to really like accentuate a couple of the botanicals. Mm -hmm. um, so we have star anise in our gin. I, I get a little bit more star anise out of it. It's extremely fragrant. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of comparing this to like, I don't know, like kind of a Grand Marnier. Uh, mm -hmm. Taste a little bit. Um, Absolutely. Which we're in a mountain town. Yeah. Mountain towns crush Grand Marnier. 
Um, that's so it's kind of like our Steamboat Grand Marnier, which is kind of cool. 107. That's, 107 really, that's really good. Yeah, it's crazy. Actually, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I had low expectations, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to. I, mean, I, yeah, I like gin, sure. but I, it, I, would, I would drink that neat. Yeah. That, that's very good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think this, like a martini with it. Oh, yeah. Insane. I'm I think not even I'm sure I'd ruin it that way. I, he yeah. said ruin it. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, just I'd saying like cold. Right out of the bottle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you could drink it out of the bottle? Yeah. I, right out of the, I love out of the bottle. Yeah. So, this is so you want, right? Paper bag? No paper bag. <laughs> oh, my bad. Paper bag. <laughs> paper bag. Not, not here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is pretty interesting. And uh, this just goes along with just like trying to create something fun. Wow, the floral, oh, yeah. the floral. Well, this is amazing. What a change because we've we've done podcasts with whiskey distillers. Um, and we've had a couple give us gin, but not during stuff and i was i'm up there on it because normally i'm like ah it's not whiskey it's not barely yeah, sure. it's not this it's, but that has character yeah that has legs that can stand on its own i mean the flavor profile alone is is pretty outstanding i mean and i told you i'm not a botanical guy i mean usually that yeah. that stuff is no yeah, <laughs> not, for not sure. my damn and that that's really good yeah i'm impressed man thank you nice the lorix is perfect for dave we haven't brought Dave up in we this. We have not brought Dave up in this. So we love redheads. Obviously, you know, Terry and Paul are over, over here. We've got folks watching us tonight. And, and for anybody that does watch us, we, um, do we know Dave and Nick. Today. Dave is one of our, our, our regular fixtures in the Texas Whiskey Crew. And Dave has red hair. And we love our redheads. But I do have a nickname for Dave, and I call him the Lorax. And it's not like, you know, he, he's, in, he's environmentally friendly, and he's just happy, you know. So and that's that's kind of where he, he landed his name. So this is amazing. So when this comes out, Dave will get a case of this. That's awesome. 100%. Yeah. Whether he likes yeah. it or not, he'll that's have right. this. So, yeah. I, mean, um, I will be buying well, you brought up yeah. you brought up the Lorax. I need to jump into something since you brought the Lorax yeah. up. This is a sustainable company. So you guys are taking initiatives to be green, to be sustainable. You've talked to us about your 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 rack house out there. I say rack house, rack house. What what is what's your preference? I call it a rack house, but okay, okay. it gets called something so new every day. But we'll call it the rack house. Yeah. You shared with us a couple of cool things about what you're doing out there and what works. But I know there are a few other things that y'all are doing. I think you're working with recycled glass, correct? Oh, that's right. Um, we're doing a lot of things to keep. Keep things sustainable to keep yep. things kind of kind of green to to make everything work, and I love that yeah. because we we love the earth, we love the mountains. Yeah, yeah y'all sure. are making a good footprint here. Thank you know, you. I like I like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and that's important to us. So I mean, it doesn't matter where you grow up, but for me, right, growing up in Colorado, you grow up in Colorado. Yep. Yep. It sounds like, yep. um, you know, like I play in the outdoors, and it, it's important to me yeah. that you know we preserve what we have. Uh, yeah, I agree. And so for us, we're a manufacturer. And there's no way to look at manufacturing and saying you can be, you're going to have an impact, right? We use a lot of heat, heat sources and everything like that. Right. But we have a whole solar array on our building, right? It, it offsets most of our electrical needs at the building. That's great. Um, which, is, which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, when we distill, we distill with grain on. Um, that's pretty big. It's, it's a huge water conservation measure. Mm -hmm. So not only do we get big flavor, uh, it's a huge water conservation measure. And then... You know, we pump all of that grain plus water into totes. 
And then we work with ranchers and they spray their field down with it. Oh, nice. So, right, we're capturing ethanol off of it, right? The alcohol. Um, but all those grains have all that protein. It's healthy yeah, protein. Yeah, we'll feed back with it. So yeah. we're feeding back, uh, which is great. And, I mean, kind of every step of the process we really look at and we say, okay, how can we have a sustainable business that we lower our footprint, uh, which is mm-hmm. important. So not only do you make outstanding blends, you make great gin now. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, but the sustainability piece of it too is, I mean, that's outstanding. I. I love any company that's taking an initiative uh, to to make a good footprint to actually try to do something with what they're doing. You know, they're you know if you're feeding back, you're capturing the sun. I mean, we're doing a lot of things here that are that are making a positive impact. I mean, even your your rack house over there, yeah, you've went partially concrete and kept the rest rock yeah. straight over earth. Yeah, all so earth floor. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. So you talked to us a little bit. I mean, I'd love to dive into this for just a minute about the aging process, because we talked about that over there. Um, We all know it works in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, You know, their their climate's conducive to that. Colorado is a different climate. Yeah. I mean, they we get a bunch of winter months unless you're talking about right now, because y'all today was hot here. Yeah, for sure. Like not January hot, just hot. Yeah. Yeah. but normally it stays cold. Yeah. You're not getting expansion and contraction in a barrel. You're not, you're not pulling what you need, to, you know, in the barrels in and out as, as the temperature fluctuates. So what have you done to combat the winter months here? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So here in Steamboat, um, I'd say December through February, right? It, it's too cold to get much interaction in that barrel, yeah. right? I, I mentioned earlier, we, the whiskey effectively hibernates, right? And that, that's not good. We want whiskey wood interaction. Yeah. Um, so uh, we learned this from Copper and Kings in Louisville, a uh, great brandy distillery, uh, and they're using sonic aging. Um, and so we started exploring it, got pretty uh, nerded out about it. And so uh, we're using sonic aging in the winter months. So we have a huge sound system in there. Um, and if you view it as one big volume of air, um, sonic waves move through it. Uh, it's moving air around in the space. It's moving volume of space and it's moving the whiskey in and out. And so in those months, let's, let's call it, you know, November through March, you know, we're turning up the sound in there and we keep trying to improve the sound system in there, yep. but eventually, you know, I want it that, you know, I can feel it in my office <laughs> Amazing. Um, to the point that it's just like, Boom, like it's reverberating and that whiskey means that it's moving in and out of that yep. barrel. Um, it makes a so, difference. Yeah. yeah, we don't want to accelerate the aging process. We just want to supplement it. Right. So I think we have a perfect, not perfect, I think we have a great climate in the spring, summer, and fall. You know, we get daily interaction in there because yep. um, we have hot days and cool nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but the winter, at least we got some interaction so that it's not stalling. It's a good climate. I mean, that's kind of the opposite problem Texas has, right? Yeah, sure. Too hot, right? It's way too hot. Yeah. And it doesn't cool down at night. Yeah. So they've got to be doing different things and all these to make something work. So yeah. I'm glad you're you're taking different steps to kind of take this challenge head on. You know, this is what we're going to do to stop, you know, this during the winter months. So we will make barrel exposure, wood exposure throughout the, you know, throughout the season. Yeah. And I think it reflects because... I'm a big fan of 
Kentucky bourbon. I think a lot of people are. For sure. I like it because of the climate. We've actually talked at length about distilling, about uh, aging in Colorado and what that looks like. You know, how many months a year is it feasible? Bringing it from hot to cold climates, you know, things like that. Uh, But I think you've nailed it. I mean, having... I like I like the the reverb. I like the sonic thing. I like agitation yeah. in the barrels. I think it's really cool. You guys are on the right track. I mean, everything everything is going the right direction as far as I'm concerned. With everybody else I've talked to, you've got your stuff in a group. It's good. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's yeah. awesome. So, what did we? Can you think of anything we missed, Kevin? I mean, did we 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 talked about a lot of stuff on what mythology is doing. I mean, honestly, like I'm sitting here geeking out on the whole Sonic. He's still obsessed with Sonic. Okay, it just speaks to me like in so many different levels, like the science behind what you're doing, the science behind how you're agitating your 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 aging process, and what you're doing to like even think about that process to make it better over time is amazing. And the fact that this is gin. It's gentle. <laughs> it's amazing to me. Yeah, like, I'm sure. sitting here, I'm smelling this, I'm drinking yeah. this, and I'm like, I'm probably going to look like, wait for I mean, it. he told me out there, he's like, I'm not tasting that gin. I don't drink gin. <laughs> really? and, and it's, it's true. Awesome. Like, I don't yeah. really, yeah. I'm not a gin guy. Yeah. I've never been a gin guy. Yeah. Just never. So those guys out there, they're just wondering what the gin tastes like. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> they're <laughs> looking at us out there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm smelling this, and like, and what you guys don't know, but like, I'm in the business of florals. I do sell that makes a lot star of anise and juniper berries oh, and exactly. all of those things. And like, I smell this every day, and I'm like, this smells like work, but this also smells like science. It smells like amazing. It smells like science? Did you just use science as a descriptive <laughs> for a nose? This smells One of like my science. Favorite things in the world is like taking ingredients, blending them together. Your wife is going to be so pissed that you said one of your favorite things. Did you not include her? She is not. The second favorite thing in the world, outside my wife, (laughs) is. Wait, wait. Let me rephrase that. Angela, I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. You may be the second favorite thing. No. Our wives (laughs) wives are wonderful. We appreciate the support from them. She is 100% my first favorite thing, but my second favorite thing is. Is. Blending together. Smelling science in a a glass. Uh, I currently in the spice business, so I understand you know, I really do understand florals and how that stuff works together. And yeah. uh, uh, I make a big business about it. But honestly, this is gin. Yeah. Uh, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So is it, uh, there is a distillery in Boulder that, and I forget yeah. who it is, you may know, that turns out a brown gin. Um, and I always call it Jinsky. And I forget yeah. who it is. I think it's probably Vapor Distillery it, Boulder. It may be, yeah, 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 yeah. It may be. Um, but that this is only the second okay. that I've had with color to it. It's it's good, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you like I, it. I would it's, cross over a bit. I normally I wouldn't say that because whiskey is where I'm at. Yeah, I for love sure. Bourbon, love whiskey. Yeah, um, gin is one of those things that we we actually take a lot. We have a lot of fun when we do a tasting, right? And people come up, typically want to try whiskey, mm-hmm. and we like force people to try the gin. They were like, ah, I had a bad experience. Uh, <laughs> my grandmother, I don't know, something. Yeah, right. right? Well, and, that's 100% true, right? And yeah. we're like, try it. And it's it's one of our best sellers when we do tastings because people are just like, you know, we're, we're drinking this barrel aged interesting product, right? But our other gins, people absolutely love. Uh, we've won a lot of awards, best in class for those as well. Mm-hmm. 
double golds as well. And, and that's one where it's just like, let's create something interesting. And, and it's been really prideful to see. Well, you hit it. People man. love it. I, I love it. That's, yeah, it's kind of cool. I will mention really the, cool. the botanical gin that we have. This one, it's called the Forager's Gin. Uh, if you want to taste it. Yeah, I'll, I'll taste it. Yeah, I'll so this one's pretty interesting. Uh, this one, again, like everything's about story, right? So uh, a good buddy of mine I went to college with, Blake, he's the lead horticulturalist at the Denver Botanic Gardens. Mm. So we came up with this idea. Let's have the Denver Botanic Wind Wind. Gardens uh, have the Denver Botanic Gardens grow botanicals for us. Okay. And so every year, uh, he grows botanicals, and then harvests them in the fall. Wow. We distill it, and uh, we release it each spring. Thank you. And uh, so this is called our Foragers uh, Botanical Gin. We call it the Foragers, right? Because we're kind of foraging in the garden. So this reminds me. This is a lot closer nose to like Bombay for me. Yeah, on the nose. We should try it. It's okay. Full, full, full. This is so coral, though. Yeah. Yeah, so this, we uh, they grow lemon ver lemon verbena, mm -hmm. uh, lemon balm, hyssop. Holy smokes. Elderflower. <laughs> wow. It's crazy, right? Wow. Um, Elderflower. So this, so it's kind of crazy. This is like, we created this product, and now it's like an allocated gin uh, in Colorado. It's really crazy. it's really good. And it's sweet. We come out with it every, every April, and... Um, I mean, it's great. We just have this like kind of like cool following. It's, I joke around with people. I grew up in Denver, as I mentioned. My mom still lives there. Uh, she's in her 70s. And I don't think she really knew what I was doing uh, with this whole <laughs> distillery. Then all of a sudden, I come up with the Denver Botanic Gardens collaborative yeah. gin. Right. Her friends talk about it. She talks about it. And now she's like, oh, yeah, no, he, I have a distillery all of a sudden. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, I'm hitting that demographic and it's nice. Well, you've done a good job. I mean, you have some diversity in product, and I think that hits because I visit so many that have vodka, that have gin, yeah. just because of the turnaround times. Um, and then they'll have some whiskey. Yeah. But usually the vodka and gin are no. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I would. Yeah. I would. I would be happy with any of these. Yeah. They're people use it as a stopgap. Right? Yeah. They do. We yeah. really looked at it and said, no, we're. Like we're gin distillers and we're just as proud of that as we are about whiskey. And you got to help educate people, I think, in that world on that, that gin can be good. I yeah, mean, I think because there are so many people that have it. I'm not drinking pine trees. It tastes yeah, like pine trees, sure. it tastes like juniper. You know, it's it's not that. It's a very different thing, especially these these botanical ones with yeah. the floral nose to them. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. I think you're nailing it on the gin side. Like literally, I would never approach gin in the same in any kind of way until I'm starting to try this and like this is so creative and 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 I love it. Yeah, it looks like you've made you, you turned Kevin over there. That's I mean, good. Literally, that's like, good. Now have, you're gonna find other gins, which is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah now he's yeah. gonna have a whole so, wall of like, gin in yeah. his house. Yeah, and I'm gonna literally gonna have great. gin crew. Yeah, yeah. Start putting this. In. This is something gin podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. You never know. The Texas gin crew. <laughs> that's <laughs> We're right. having the Texas gin crew. <laughs> <laughs> we got the we got the whiskey crew because it works, but we get <laughs> sure. we get have the Colorado gin crew. No, but I was trying to. Think if there was anything else that I wanted to ask you on that, because you've covered a, an insane amount of information for us. Yeah. Uh, you, you've explained the labels. You, you talked about your passion. You talked about where this was. Yeah. The only thing that we didn't discuss is Steamboat. Yeah. Why, why are we here? Why yeah. Why did this leave Denver and yeah. come to Steamboat? 
So as I mentioned earlier, you know, we started this as a passion project, right? Um, I happened, I was in, I developed affordable housing before this and um, got on this as a passion uh, and really went full boat into it, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, so we opened in Denver in the Lower Highlands neighborhood. Uh, We had a tasting room, uh, we had this distillery. We then started growing, right? We uh, Customers, you know, I thank all of them. It's like Mm -hmm. they started buying our product. So we had two production facilities in Denver it was disjointed. Meanwhile, my wife and I moved to Steamboat. Okay. Uh, so I'm commuting. So you were up here. Yeah, I'm commuting down to Denver uh, every couple of weeks. And it's like, hey, look, we got a real company, a real brand. I'm commuting back and forth. We got multiple production facilities. And meanwhile, where, where we're sitting, this formerly was Butcher Knife Brewery, yep. which opened in 2013. Uh, great brewery here in Steamboat. And for whatever reason, you know, COVID happened. They decided not to reopen after. And I got word around town that they weren't going to reopen. And so I was able to buy the property mm-hmm. and then buy the adjacent property. Mm-hmm. And my vision had changed because at that okay. point it was like, it was a passion, but now this is like my life. Yeah. And it was, I want to create a destination and I'm into live music, right? Uh, I'm into hanging out with people. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, let's create a real customer facing space and so that's what we built up here uh so anything that comes up here but you guys saw it mm-hmm. so we have our distillery we have our cocktail bar sounds like it's pretty happening right it now does, yeah, it does pretty sweet <laughs> it's pretty uh, sweet that's a good deal and then we got this thing we're calling the whiskey garden it's awesome uh not open during the winter because i gave up on snow blowing <laughs> um, but we can fit uh you know it's three to four hundred person spot back there yeah. uh we have a full bar we have a full restaurant but that it's like the culmination of, of what we want to do. Right. Right. Uh, you're in steamboat, right? You went snowmobiling today. Yes. And then you come down from North route and you congregate here with your friends and you have some whiskey, right? Yep. In the summer, you know, you go up, you go camping, you go on a boat, you go, whatever it is, you come down, you know, we're a daytime spot, go listen to some live music during the day. We got the restaurant, we got everything. And that's, it's just kind of like, okay, this is what we want to create. We want people to create their own mythology. Yep. You're here with your buddies on a vacation, you know, or if you're local, you're here, you're with your core group of friends and you're like, we're all very active. So, Hey, go have fun and then congregate, have some whiskey, have a gin cocktail. Uh, we got a great spot for it. So uh, I love that. And just to confirm this, this idea did, did come from, a run on a ski slope. It, it came from drinking. Okay. <laughs> Wall ski. Not, not, not the same time. Much in the same way that this podcast. Yeah. That's true. Came yeah. about hundred percent. Right? That's yeah. Yeah. see. Yeah. Look at these guys out here. They're drinking every time I say hundred percent. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's about bringing friends together, having whiskey. Like we're friends now. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what whiskey does. Yeah. It, it absolutely does. It brings people together. So real quick, before we jump out of this and on to the next thing, um, if we take mythology out of, the, out of the equation, yeah, what are you going to the liquor store to buy? Oh, that's if you cannot have your own stuff, what, yeah. what are you picking up? Um, I, you guys, I'm always searching, right, for, for new stuff. I know, but what, what, nice what, is the, what, what would be the go-to that... We're in a, we're in small town, wherever we're not yeah. buying allocated. It doesn't need yeah. to be some hard to find. What, yeah. what is the go-to? Whew. My go-to is, so luckily I have a sales team. 
that is bringing me stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my go-to if I can, right, is H. Taylor Small Batch. I oh, yeah. freaking, like, love it. I agree. I love it to the point my wife is, like, pretty upset with me about it. Um, you've, you've gifted me I, one that's I, I on did, my I, shelf. I gave and, him his first E.H. Taylor Small Batch. And it is my yeah. favorite drink. For sure. But, you know what, as a craft distillery, right, I have a huge appreciation for other craft distilleries. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a distillery in Colorado called Woody Creek. I know Woody Creek. Yeah. Um, their bourbon, uh, they're a grain-to-glass distillery. I think their bourbon is absolutely fantastic. Yep. Uh, there's another distillery, 80 Laws, uh, Al Laws. Yeah. yeah. And um, that one's a really interesting one, right? It's very grain-forward, which is polarizing. But I've come to really appreciate it because yep. I think oh. it is like it speaks to... I don't know. To me, it's like it speaks to what they're trying to do, which is Colorado terroir. And, and I think yeah. it's awesome. And I right. think it's great. And so I do really gravitate towards like being Colorado. I gravitate to Colorado craft. Yep. Um, we were talking about Smoke Wagon earlier. Yep. Right. I think that's, I mean, it's, he's a phenomenal whiskey blender. I think Barrel, like we aspire. Oh, BCS got their stuff together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we yeah. aspire to blend whiskey to the level. Like he's such at a level that it's, we aspire to be at that. I would buy yours over his. I and I, I have had plenty of tastings with them. We've had group events with them. Mm-hmm. I love what they do. Yeah. Now, if you can. Well, that's a huge compliment. If you can, I love yeah, I, I do too. If you, I'd love to see if, you, if y'all can get to uh, some level of close to seagrass at some point. Oh, my God. You know, Me I, too. I'm an Abercrombie fan. I, you know, I like yeah. that note. Yeah. I'm like I said, I mentioned Ambrana. I'm a I'm a big Ambrana fan as well. Yeah. So finishing that yeah. side of the the equation. So not only blending, but bringing some of those unique things into the finishing side of things. Um, I think it makes a big difference. I mean, yeah. I know that our our followers out there, most all of them are always looking for something finishing. Yeah. You know what what is this finishing? What can we get? Because it changes it. Yeah, I mean, yeah for sure. That's uh, yeah. and, you, and you talked about it, you've, you've done a great job with what you have. I mean, we Thank really you. we really appreciate the uh, the opportunity to taste these. It's awesome to hang out. Right? Yeah, yeah, so sure. this is this is amazing. For I sure. have had such a, an amazing time. I love your space. Honestly, I'm geeking out on yours still. Yeah, yeah. Which we haven't mentioned, right? Vendome still best uh, in the business. Yeah. Best Period. in the business. Yep. Unbelievable. Incredible yep. family. Uh, you know. They're absolutely incredible, and we're, we feel so fortunate to have a still from them. So that well, it's amazing that you have. I mean, yeah. they're, they're they're really good at what they do. Um, and you know, before we kind of wrap things up here, uh, we were snowmobiling all day, as you as you said. Yeah. Um, all of us, with the exception of you, we're we're in pain at the moment because <laughs> it was a it was a taxing day, both Friday and Saturday yeah. for us. Um, I do want to thank. Uh, the folks that were out with us riding today, uh, they've patiently been silent through this whole production out there. Not not said a word. Should we bring them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gave them tasting glasses. I thought yeah. we were going to share it. Well, I get why we didn't. Well, we we could, we could share it with them now. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see sure. their expressions, come on, hop on up, come on up, bring yeah. them. We'll, we'll we'll bring the rest of our crew up I here. I mean, if you guys want to be on the camera, so patiently, you, you need a glass though, unless you want stuff that yeah. I saw yeah. it on. Yeah. So. And by the way, did we I can see what they pick. I, I this think is we should gin? give them all the Lorax. <laughs> that, that's that's where I think we should go. Yeah. So, yeah. Terry, are you are you drinking gin or whiskey? I'm gonna try that gin. Okay. You guys. Yeah. So Lorax. Amazing. All right. Well, I think you should push them all there. Let me yeah. uh, 
We got another one there. I mean, honestly, this is the water. This is the This is the Tyler Brown. Is that water? Yeah, I think so. No, this one right here. This is the Lorax. Yeah, Lorax is where it's at. That's what I want to try. Okay. Lorax. 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 So introduction-wise, yeah. we got B-Dub over here, Brandon. We've got Terry over here. He's We've got Brent with Repair Dynamics. We're going to give a big shout-out to the best automotive repair shop in Steamboat. And there we've we go. got Paul over there. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. You want me to give a shout-out to Paul? No. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I, I say shout out to mythology for yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, you guys, sure. you guys are yeah. I, I have nothing to cheers. Hold on. So yeah. before before we get to the end of this uh, episode uh, here, episode, yes, like, cheers, what sir. I, thank you. What I really want to know is what else do you want? What, we talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. What else do you want us to know about your brand and what you guys are looking to do moving forward? And yeah, what can we do to help yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, how, where are we at with? I super appreciate that. I mean, I think I feel like we've covered a lot of it, right? I I really appreciate you just coming here. It's really nice to get to know both of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that sincerely, and it, like I look forward to hanging out next time. Mm -hmm. We probably won't do a podcast. We'll just drink whiskey together. That's what I we mean. That's our favorite thing. I mean, to do. hey, if I we love to drink whiskey. I mean, ninety percent <laughs> so, of what we do yeah. is drink whiskey, and then every now and again we'll do a podcast. And yeah, sometimes right. we talk about it. Yeah, but we appreciate jail support out there. Uh, Thanks for sitting through this. If you want any more information on mythology, we will put a link in the bio uh, on where you can order this, where you can find it. Uh, hit us up on the on the PMs. We're happy to talk about it, which one to pick, if you're kind of up there on what to drink. Uh, but seriously, check these guys out. They are absolutely amazing. We appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, honestly, I'm a mythology fan for life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Cheers. Right on. That's not Thanks, actually how we end a podcast, but how yeah. do we normally end it? How do we that's normally end it? I don't know. Usually I've had a lot of whiskey in the Oh, shit. This is how he's going. All right. Here it is. This is what we do. But wait, wait, wait. I bet you can't finish up. All right. Now we can end the podcast. All right. Ready? Here. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all.